Welcome back to the Tasty Morsels of Critical Care podcast. And today we're looking at O's Manual Chapter 64, covering some of the absolute basics of preeclampsia. So ICU level preeclampsia is pretty rare, and in Ireland most of it is managed in separate obstetric hospitals by the obstetricians and the anaesthetists. And given that the definitive treatment is removing the baby from the mother, it turns out that this will typically have been done before we even get involved. Unfortunately, its rarity for us in practice does not get us out of having to know it very well as it is an exam favourite. So firstly, some definitions. To have preeclampsia, you'll need to have new onset of hypertension with proteinuria or new onset of hypertension with end organ damage. And the fetus itself here counts as one of the end organs in this scenario. Hypertension here is defined as a BP of greater than 140 over 90 and proteinuria as greater than 300 milligrams over 24 hours or protein positive on a dipstick. To have eclampsia, you need to really have the above plus seizures. So to summarise the cause and the pathogenesis, the short answer is we don't know. The longer answer is we still don't know but we've lots of science to show it. And the medium length probably exam appropriate answer that I might just about be able to reproduce is a straight quote from deranged physiology. And I quote, preeclampsia is a systemic response to placental hypoperfusion with increased activation of potent vasoconstrictor endothelin 1 as well as an increased sensitivity to vasoconstrictors in general and down regulation of vasodilatory mechanisms such as nitric oxide synthase, end quote. The clinical presentation of preeclampsia from a critical pair perspective is best split into organ systems, certainly for exam purposes. So from a cardiovascular point of view, hypertension is the main player here. You will see increased stroke uh, systemic vascular resistance also. Neurologically, look for early signs, can be headache and visual symptoms, and you will see hyperreflexia if you look for it, and you probably should be looking for it. But with progression, you're going to start seeing seizures, cerebral edema, and even ICH. From a renal point of view, protein loss is obvious, but the fancy term to pull out of the bag is renal endotheliosis, which is a form of thrombotic microangiopathy, or a TMA. Again, a topic that deserves its own post. Hematologically perspective, uh, you look for low platelets, but also impaired function, and this might come as part of the HELP syndrome, which will also involve the hepatic system. HELP syndrome is, of course, part of this, but the most dramatic complication of HELP can be hepatic rupture, which, is, as you can imagine, is somewhat bleedy. While rare, you can even get um, preeclampsia in the postpartum patient. And I always like the quick quip that I learned from Mel, Har- Mel Herbert of MRAP fame, that the usual definitive treatment for normal preeclampsia is, of course, to deliver the baby. But if it's postpartum, what are you meant to do? Put it back in again? We are unlikely to be given the job of ridding the woman of the placenta so we can instead usefully occupy ourselves with supporting the various failing organ systems. And suppose the priorities here will be seizure prevention and treatment, blood pressure control, and maintaining placental perfusion. Seizure control here should lead to a brainstem level reflex prescription of magnesium, uh, and the indication is described as eclampsia or imminent risk of eclampsia, and the BP is often in the 160 over 110 range by this stage. And the recommendations are 4 grams of magnesium over 5 minutes, followed by 1 gram an hour as an infusion. Any further seizures can be treated with another 2 grams of magnesium. And the nice guidance on this has a carefully worded phrase that says, quote, Do not use diazepam, phenytoin or any other anticonvulsant as an alternative to magnesium sulfate in women with eclampsia. End quote. In terms of a level of magnesium, you're looking for somewhere in the 2, and a half, two to 3.5 range, which is obviously much higher than we're used to. I was once told to just keep giving the magnesium till they're completely areflexic and then pull back a little bit. And this may well get you into trouble as the lack of reflexes will be shortly followed by some respiratory insufficiency and you might find yourself having to reach for your calcium as a reversal agent to the magnesium. 
Magnesium is a very well-supported critical care intervention with the Colossal Magpie trial from 2002. This was a 10,000-person RCT showing definitive benefit and halving the risk of eclampsia. In terms of BP control, the recommendations from NICE go as follows. Labetalol, either oral or IV. Nifedipine, used in a PO form, or IV hydralazine if you really need it. And the references here, of course, O chapter 64, the range physiology as always, and then the magpie trials linked to in the show notes with the lead author being Doug Altman, who is perhaps also famous for the um, bland Altman plot that you see as a statistical device placed in trials. Okay, until next time, thank you for listening. Thank you.